Welcome to the Cosmos in You podcast, where we interview scientists, philosophers, and leading thinkers to discuss the nature of our reality and the impact it has on our daily lives. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmos in You podcast. This is your host, Susanna Scully. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you who are coming back, welcome back. Thanks for coming. And for those who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome. I'm excited to have you here to tell you a bit about our podcast. We explore the nature of our reality and how those findings apply to our daily lives. So really bringing together sort of the physical and the metaphysical worlds. And today we have Jill Willard, who has a keen sense of what's going on. She is a gifted intuitive medium and leader in the meditation practice. Her ease and grace have many coveting her golden rays of wisdom. She is the author of Intuitive Being and has been featured on Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop, Mind Body Green, Vanity Fair in France, and more. Her newest venture, I Am, offers tools and tips on meditation and being here in the present moment. And if any of you want to learn more about Jill, you can visit her website, jillwillard.com. And of course, we'll have all of those links up on our show notes on our website, which is susannascully.com, S-U-Z-A-N-N-A-H-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. So in this episode, we discuss the difference between a sixth sense and a seventh sense. I found this really interesting because I had never heard of a seventh sense before. Why your intuition is never wrong and it is never emotional how our energy centers are connected to our intuition and how to clear through blocks that we have and ways we often misinterpret it and misinterpret intuitive data. This was really interesting because she caught me in something where I was thinking one way was intuition and she explained sort of the difference of what it isn't. So that was very enlightening for me. The whole episode is if you are fascinated by intuition as I am and you want to cultivate more of it into your life, this is the episode for you. She is such a gift, so wise and just gives such practical, great tools for us to use. So I'm excited to go on this intuition journey and having her as a guide along it. Now, I will say we did have some sound issues. So we got cut off and at the end, you'll see it gets cut off quickly. We, we finished it. But so I apologize for that. I think, I don't know, who knows, maybe spirit was involved in some sort of technical issues as they can be. But I just want to let you know, so bear with us through that. Without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome, Jill. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me, Susanna. This is great. I'm really excited to have you here. And so I thought what I'd do is start out with a quote from your wonderful book, which is called Intuitive Being, Connect with Your Spirit, Find Your Center, and Choose an Intentional Life. One of the quotes that you start out with, one of the things you say is, intuition is simultaneously completely magical and exceptionally practical. It is both not of this world and yet centered completely within each and every one of us. So beautiful. Thank you. Do you mind expanding on that? What is intuition? Oh, such a great question. I believe intuition really is a knowing that we have 
in the part of our brain, almost like a muscle or a part that I think is kind of right in front of the limbic system or maybe a little off in our right brain. But it's a little sweet spot that we all have. And once we start to access and open it or use it a little more like a muscle, it grows. So for some listeners and people, we can think of it as that small voice within that's within you, within your mind or your heart or your soul, wherever you believe it is. And you just want to let that expand and grow that knowing that best friend, just that kind of extra something that really helps guide us through our day in life. And you know, one of the expressions you use in your book, which I so mm-hmm. love because a little tongue in cheek is a walkie talkie to the universe. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you. I just love that visual, you. you know, it's so <laughs> yes. great. So you know, you. what is that? Is that sort of, you know, whenever we need it, we access it. Oh. Is it a two, you know, was it a two way walkie talkie? Is it yeah. a one way walkie talkie? Oh, it's a great, great way. Okay. So I look at it as a walkie-talkie where it is a two-way. It's a partnership. Mm -hmm. You know, almost when our walkie-talkie's on or we can think when our radar's up, then we can converse better with that other. And that really is such a wise part of us and a wise part of the universe or a connection to God or that part of us that is made of God or spirit. So it's definitely, I'm trying to get a lot of humans in our culture, especially a lot of you beautiful listeners are probably very smart people, very wise. They've done some great things in life, but of course they're wanting more or they're wanting to center. And I say the best way to do that is to understand your brain is made of a couple parts. We talk about being mindful. That's sometimes I think a little bit to all or nothing. If you can think of partnership in the right left brain or yourself with something bigger, that's the walkie-talkie analogy. So it's just kind of getting that space between our thoughts or getting to know ourself and our soul or ourself and our creator. And what's that space in between that's um, very important between the two talking. So. Mm, that's yeah. beautiful. And one of the things you also talk about is this difference between the sixth sense and the seventh sense. Now, of course, we've all heard of sixth sense. Mm-hmm. I have not heard of seventh sense, but I love this. Can you tell our Thank audience you. a little bit about what is the difference between the two? Absolutely. So I think some of your audiences at that perfect age where they saw, you know, the movie Sixth Sense, and there really mm-hmm. was something to that. There's Almost the six senses when we know there's a little, hmm, you know, our gut's moving or we know something is going on. We can feel something when we go into a house or old hotel or when we're looking at a loved one or thinking about a friend, we have a little gut feeling something is going on. That's the sixth sense. And then the seventh sense is when we know what that hmm is or we really know, okay, hmm, my gut's moving. What is that? Oh, it's that you know, my friend needs me this evening. They need two flowers and they need some hot tea. (laughs) It's having that really defining, right? Sensory that I think we all have. I mean, we, we are all equipped with it by now. We all, it's just more about activating it. And most people get stuck at the sixth sense or trusting your gut, which, you know, really is the belly and more of that self-knowing, but we want to add that wisdom part of the brain, that kind of seventh sense that will tell you so accurately what you're feeling, what's going on. It's non-emotional and it's just so spot on. And that's what makes you so intuitive. So I love that you bring that up because that's a really clear, easy way to understand when you're evolving or moving or using the muscle, you'll go, hmm. And then you'll say, wait a second, the next car that drives by is going to be a blue Honda. And then lo and behold, a blue car drives by. Which, by the way, a blue car just came by through my window. It wasn't a Honda. It looked like a Venta or Ventia. No joke. (laughs) Well, so so when I hear you talk about seventh sense, what comes up for me is 
oh, that's just something that people like you with this special gift can do, right? For me, I'm capped out or, you know, others we're, we're capped out at the sixth sense. And you're saying, no, that's not true. I'm saying that's not true. And a great way to think of it is, you know, right now we're using about 3% of our brain. And there's, so there's 97% in all of us that we are untapped. So just consider a little bit of that somewhere in there is your seventh sense. And I think you'll be good to go to know you already have it in you. It's just like a math problem. We learn what one plus one is two, and then eventually we can get to pre-algebra, hopefully, Mm -hmm. or keep practicing and learning. And then we understand a little more with more accuracy, a little bit of deeper concept. It's the same thing here. The more you practice, it's already in you. That part's going to open up and it's probably going to freak you out. It is what's considered opening up that third eye or opening up that part of the mind. So it works. You'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's funny, cause I know for me and I'm sure my listeners, everybody listening has this happen too, where, you know, this happens and then you're still surprised. You're like, you know, oh, and I think yeah. you've, I've heard you on another interview where then you question, you're like, Oh, that was just a coincidence, but like weird stuff happens. And you're like, wait, how did I, exactly. you know, and then you question yourself and then you kind of quiet it down. At least I do. And then I move on with my day and then it happens again. And you don't want to quiet it. We were trained to quiet it. That's the left brain overtaking the right. That's the patriarch saying no. It's shunning the creative side of us or the side of us that is tapped into ourselves. That's the irony. But just like you heard me when that blue car went by, this bright blue car after I said it, I laugh. Like, I mean, it still is so fun and exciting even for me. And I do this every day. So it makes life a lot more enjoyable and and just fun. And um, yeah, so it's worth exploring and keep opening it. And then almost write it down, as I think you've heard me say, or make a little note that you knew it, not to pat yourself on the back and ego, just so you keep growing the muscle and you see results. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So let's say that um, you're listening to this and you're at what's called point A of being intuitive, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You get these hits every once in a while, you know that you have it, but you know, point B is the end of your book, right? You're an intuitive being. Tell us more about what point B looks like, if you will. And then what are sort of that steps to get us there? So I want to put this in context because I think this will help a lot of people. You want your point A mark to be in the center of your brain in your limbic system. Because most people, when you're talking about point A to point B, Mm -hmm. you're in your analytics, you're in your left brain Mm. and intuition isn't there. So I want everyone to scoot over to the right, Mm -hmm. their point A (laughs) marker, put it right in the center of your brain or right where we think it's confusing because sometimes the third eye looks like it's outside of us because people celebrate it there. We draw pictures and we don't realize Think of it in the brain or inside the skin, if you will. I think that'll help you like a window to your soul. So center it in your brow, but bring it in a little. That will help. So you can start with your point A there and then just think about going north or up. So you stay centered in between your right and left brain. Then you bring more of your intuitive side in, but you also bring in the side of you. That's the doing side, which is Mm -hmm. really overextended in our culture. So you're moving forward with it because some people can be intuitive. I get this way sometimes. and We're too yin. We get sit on the couch being intuitive. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have that goer side, but we're really doing way too much of it. And if you're thinking about intuition logically, you're not in your intuitive side of the brain. If that ah, makes sense. it does make so sense. I want to say that part. And then just how it looks is just magical. I often call it Forrest Gump. The, the trajectory of point A to point B should be fun. It's not a race. No one's better than the other. And please don't look at it that way because that'll actually shut you down. Because then once again, you're in the part of your brain that's competitive and that's not the intuitive part of the brain. So you got to keep centering yourself or getting it, you know, just kind of 
kind of, I often say being the center of your walnut or the center of your butterfly, mm. that's kind of limbic, right? So each side can work evenly, but you got to keep it even. And then what it looks like is magical. It looks like the matrix and mission impossible. Like I think you've heard me say, or Forrest Gump, where mm. you're so Zen and centered in your work at the office, at home, and then but exciting things happen from being at the office or home or driving in your car. It's not this, I think, some mystical energy, and we've gotten a little too patriarchal. We make it to guru, all or nothing, be this, do this 20-step program, and maybe you'll have a hint of enlightenment. And that's all numbers. That's all left brain. So if you stay centered and you just know it's magical and it's more circular or just kind of expect like you're in the center of your bullseye and then it just radiates out. That's more how your life becomes. And then it's magical all day long throughout your day and in the spaces in between. And if that makes more sense, because it's hard for the logical mind at first to visualize it, which is probably why you asked the question. Exactly. I mean, it's such a beautiful question. No, but yeah. and I do tend to be more left brain. I mean, this is yeah. spot on. I'm more yeah. of a doer and a left brain and analytical. And so, yeah. so it is really helpful the way you're describing it. And, and immediately oh, what came up and this may be for people listening as well is, is this idea of the difference between the doing and the being. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about being in a place where you're trusting of the universe and you're in the flow. Again, I speak for myself and I know I've heard other people say this as well. How do we know how to balance, as you put, sitting on the couch and expecting life to just come, right? Like, oh, I want to be in a relationship or I want to be in a new job or whatever it is. And so I'm just going to sit on my couch and think about it versus let me go like tooth and nail, like do everything possible, right? This is the two extremes. Yes. So I want to say this because some, I think you and some listeners will love this, Susanna. It's very important to know we're in 2017 and around 2012, it became this new age. We've proved it in the Mayan calendar or astrology or the Aquarian age or the power of she, whatever you want to call this new chapter, we're in a new chapter. So forgive yourself for all the things you did before 2012. Most of our listeners are probably in their thirties and forties, like you said, and it's very important. That's just so beautiful because you're in this beautiful time of wisdom. But I mentioned it because you've had 30 or 40 years of doing it another way. So go gently on yourself and do sit on the couch a little bit. So there's two ways to look at it. You can either pause where just throughout your day, you take a two minute timeout and you pause and you close your eyes and focus on the end of your nose, or you just sit down on your bed or heaven forbid, watch a Netflix at three o'clock in the afternoon (gasps) here and there, you don't know. thought of it where you take yourself out of that right and you rest i mean there really is something about a siesta or a rest not when kids are running around or babies or whatnot or but you'll start to find everything falls in line when you use your intuition so you know i have three children it's a busy time but i'm really here now because i know to work with the universe like oh universe i need to be free from 2 to 2 30 tomorrow to rest and it just naturally happens the kids get invited on a play date you know something happens that it opens up someone delivers me a coffee whatever it is yeah. you know it, it's working the walkie talkie again but i really want for all of you guys to remember that it's so important that pause is not slacking pause is that space between and it gives your body rest. It gives your adrenals a rest. It gives your cortisol a rest. It gives your eyes a rest, your brain a rest. It's imperative. We are way too burnout. So pause helps. And then for the ones that really want to get an A plus, because I know a lot of your listeners do, (laughs) and this is a big one and people freak out when I say it, there are 24 hours in the day. So eight hours of sleep, eight hours of doing, eight hours of being. Mm. And that's really the remedy. And our culture freaks out, but you're going to see 
You're going to get so much more productivity. So it's going to be about the quality of your day in work and not about the quantity, meaning you work a 14-hour day and get almost nothing done. You could work a four to eight-hour day and get everything done and have time for Netflix. Yeah. So that's my proposal for that. That is, uh, you know, that's something I think about a lot with that eight hours mm-hmm. of sleep, eight hours of work, eight hours of being, um, play or play. play. Exactly. Play. 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 Yeah. To get um, people to get in that creative side again. And that just non-quantitative, you are doing a lot by playing. You are going forward. Do not worry. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm also a mom of little ones and imagine mm-hmm. some of our listeners are as well. And so you look at that breakdown. I'm just, I typed it on my computer looking at it and it yeah. feels like, how would I ever fit in eight hours of play? But I think, oh my gosh, right? Because your children want to do that all day and they're yeah. meant to. Yeah. So play more. Do not schedule as much for your children yeah. or you. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. They will be brighter than ever. Yeah. yeah truly. Yeah. Truly. Be, be at home, be outside, be a block from your house. Yeah. And I think outside and get it. Yeah. Well, no, I was just going to say, I think one of the other things in our modern society is if even people commuting takes up, you know, if they think the eight hours of work, they're commuting an hour or something each way, you know what I mean? All these things, these hours add up. So I think these are what you're talking about is also life choices. So well said. It's all about choices. So well said. Yeah. Now, want to come back to intuition. One of the other things that you talk about is our intuition is never wrong. Yeah, it isn't. <laughs> um, and it's never emotional. So what, nope. what is the, what, tell us about that. So the emotional, vo- I mean, the emotional voice, pardon me, the intuitive voice, and I know everyone's experienced it, is a very just matter of fact, one plus one is two. So it could be, I mean, here's an extreme, but this is what pops in. You could be at the bedside of a parent or grandparent or friend and the voice comes in, they are going to pass in eight minutes. It's just now we get emotional from that, hmm. but it's just that knowing, you know, oh, my friend needs me. She has cancer. It's that knowing. And then of course we cry. That's the emotional coming in, but it's never like, oh, did you see what she was wearing? Or, oh, they're wrong. You know, right. that's not the intuitive yeah. <laughs> part. Or, or oh, I'm so sad about this. That's not your intuitive part. That's a reaction to thought. And that's left brain. The right, wrong energy, black, white energy, that's all left brain. So you start to learn over time. It's just straight down the middle. And it just comes in. And I think the wisest people know how to handle that. It's not about being stoic. It's about crying if you need. But it's also not about crying and then ranting on Facebook for 20 pages, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's all left brain. Mm -hmm. That's all emotional. That's all fight or flight. That's all warrior. Let's fight this. Let's be mad about something. Intuition is all encompassing. So it knows there's no evil. It knows there's no other. There's no right or wrong, to be honest. And that's a hard thing for people to get to. Now, I'm not saying it's okay to abuse. I'm not. But you'll see intuitively, the intuition will say it's time to go, Mm -hmm. right? The intuition will say, there's an accident, pull over on the side of the road. Your boss will understand just, or not even your boss will understand. There's an accident, pull over. Mm -hmm. It's just that part of us that is so connected and knows everything will be okay. Even if we upset someone, even if we're quote late to work. So that's the part. And that really is, I believe the limbic and the right side working with the left because the left side pulls over the Mm -hmm. left side gets out and helps. So it's not that we want to be intuitive. I get asked that sometimes. Oh, so you don't like, you know, being smart or whatever. I said, no, it's, we, we're talking about evenness of the right and left brain. And we're so overdone in our left. Let's bring it up to speed in our right. And so then you won't be as emotional because you'll be wiser. 
And on that point, I think just as people are practicing this, um, just to give a, Mm -hmm. you know, a practical example you gave, you know, you're in your car or I'm just trying to think another situation where intuition comes to play, you know, make, let's say you're trying to make a big decision, right? Everybody's faced with that. Like, do I, do I do A or B, right? Yes. So in those situations, if you could like walk us through what that looks like as you're thinking through a decision, again, it could be about to date someone. It could be move. It could be anything. All the same. I love it. That was even a little poof sound effect, whatever that was. That was <laughs> yeah, there was a little thing. <laughs> okay. So I'm telling you the universe works with us, but, um, you know, that. so I would say for practicality and this works wonders, center yourself and breathe in really deeply. We do this a lot with our meditation company through both sides of your nostrils, visualize the breath going down both sides of your glands or your thyroid going down through both lungs as deep as you can into your belly or the diaphragm, which is under the lung and meet at a point. Your belly button, if you know how to do belly breathing, it could be stomach breathing, it could be diaphragm like at the middle of your boomerang, your diaphragm right under your breastbone or a bit under your breastbone. And just visualize that. And you can count if your counters and count however many you need. And then exhale and possibly exhale one or two counts more or just a little bit longer than you're inhaling. That really starts to get you in your diaphragm. It's called diaphragmatic breath is one form of what it's called. And it gets your mind to calm where your overactive left side, kind of your jumpy fight or flight, more the childhood in you actually centers. And then you open up your right side. So you have this gorgeous partnership like we started the conversation with. Sometimes I call it a husband-wife team just to mm-hmm. go masculine, feminine. It doesn't matter what your gender is or your sensuality or sexual preference. Think about the partnership, two best friends in your brain one more of the doer, one more of the beer, then being part of the conversation evenly. You will know what to do every time. It'll say, no, no date tonight. And then the part of us, especially the over type A can go, oh, but I can't cancel now. It's six hours before. Mm -hmm. That's not protocol. You got to say, I hear you. I hear you do inside. I hear you masculine side, but I know it's not going to be a good time. I know it's not good for the partner I'm about to meet, or I know it's not the right job for me or my boss and I won't get along well, or I don't know why I just know to trust myself and trust this system. And you'll see later, it'll show why it wasn't because some get so good at it. And this is how I live now too, where I don't question it. And it always shows me why later it Hmm. just says, you know, tonight you need a burger you know, or whatever. And then the next day I'll go to the doctor and they'll say, you need a little more iron, you know, or whatever. Or it'll say, you know, you love this friend, but it's not good to go with them tonight or tomorrow. And I'm not a counselor. So I'm not saying flake. You can even just be honest. You know what? I'm not feeling it tonight. If they're a good friend, they'll understand. If they're not, they don't understand. That's a whole nother thing because you're seeing that friendships or relationships around you aren't supporting you. And all real relationships, especially in our adulthood, should be supporting us. We're making choices to have these relationships at this point in our life. So it's really just breathing deeply. And I know that sounds simple, but try it. Try it for one minute. I try it for three minutes. If you're really more of a reactive soul, which is okay, you were trained to. Someone in your family taught you to or someone in society taught you to. So you just forgive yourself. You learned it somewhere, calm back in, and then the answer will come in. And people do this and that happens the first time or even the second time they try it in a day. They've proven now, or it's been proven in science, it takes 16 seconds to do some of this stuff. There's a lot that the brain and our body does we don't even know yet, or we don't honor yet in science. And it doesn't just takes a moment really to start to center. But if you're new at it, take a few moments and then see what rises up from the center of you. 
You can think it's from the center of your heart or the center of your soul, but center once again, breathe deeply into it and you'll know. And your body gives you clues. Mm. If a person walks in and your stomach goes, oh, it's not saying, oh, they're bad or mean. Do not judge. Just say, that's not the right energy for me right now. Nice to see you. And you move on. You know, we've been taught to stay in the room, especially as females, stay too long in a situation or something we're uncomfortable. We think we're just being mean or we're being unkind or we're being less than. And it's really the intuition's got your back. So it'll say, you know what, that friend by the end of the night will exhaust you and you need to get up tomorrow for your kids or for work. So with love, stay 20 minutes and say, I love you and I've got to go. It's good for both of you, even if your friend begs you to stay, right? You just, It's really understanding it's a win-win, even if the person is reactive because they're in their younger self or they're acting from their reactive place, their left brain. So that's can really help if that makes sense. And then the other thing is just to start to trust yourself or say, if you believe in a grandparent or God or the universe, say, come help me. Mm. That will help you open up the right side. Ask for help from something internal that's not a person. It can be someone who's passed away because their soul, I believe, is in a beautiful place, kind of, and they're not in an ego place anymore. So even if someone was harsh on you, like a mom or dad, they're in a beautiful place now. You can say, Mom, Dad, come help me. You can say, Mother Mary. You can say, Jesus. You can say, Buddha. You can say, a NASCAR racer you used to like. I mean, you can (laughs) say whatever you want that you just feel they'll help you. They've got your back. So, you know, it's really more about bringing in help. And I'm making it higher than a person at times because we're all human and we're not always all going to be able to help one another because we're in our own things as well. Yeah. And I love how you, how much you integrate the body with intuition. And there's so many ways to go on that. I mean, one is obviously is what you're sharing with us is that our breath is such a crucial part to our intuition. Yes, Yes, it's crucial. And. And one into the, the brain yeah. and nervous system. Mm-hmm. Remember, just just think anatomically. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system. It does, and it doesn't release certain things you don't want to release, like hormones. You know, too much testosterone, too much cortisol, too much insulin, too much adrenaline. So look at it that way. It's very biological, actually, as well. So yeah. please continue. I just want no. people to be able to ground it in that science. Yeah. Well, I think that's really helpful. And, you know, I know yeah. they say also, even if somebody's having an anxiety attack, you go exactly. a panic attack, you go to your breath because it, am I right? It convinces your body that things are more calm than it thinks it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's so well said because it is. Well, the panic attack is in the brain and it's usually you're hyperventilating and hyperventilating is yeah. breathing just from the very top of your chest. So that's a perfect example. You start to breathe in deeper. It's all an illusion that we're in panic. I mean, it doesn't, I got close to one once. It's awful. Yeah. And I see it in readings all the time. I'm not saying it's an illusion, yeah. but you've tricked your body into thinking yeah. something. So as soon as you breathe deeper, it can't, it gets you out of that part of the brain that's overthinking or in fight or flight. Yeah. Um, that's where panic is. That's where yeah. fear is. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, one of the other yeah. things that also really resonates is the idea that your body is talking to you. So mm-hmm. I, I know, for example, and so tell me if this is true or not. Uh, for me, if I get the chills when someone says something, it feels like an intuitive sign. Or if I get a nod in my shoulder, that's not a good intuitive sign. You know what I mean? Like well, there's signs. Well, there are signs, but a knot in your shoulder could be that you're having a response and that you have tension there and then you released adrenaline. Mm. So it's not necessarily a, a universal or godly sign. It could be that you're reacting. So th- I just want you to know that because mm. people sometimes confuse that and think it's then their gut talking to them or God talking to them, mm-hmm. but that's not what that is. That is a reactive. So then you can even catch, oh my gosh, I just tensed up there. I must be in my left side of my brain. So 
come on, right, let's get in there or come on intuition, show me what I need to know. Intuition will then show you that person reminds you of your dad or your mom or that person triggered an old memory in you and your shoulder got tense. Ah. So I, yeah, I know this is fine tuning, but I yeah, think I do. you I and love all your the listeners are ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because some people think, oh, I had a reaction. It was intuitive. Here's what I say. If you're an intuitive, you usually won't react deeply. You'll get chills, goosebumps, but in a positive way, just a very subtle or big ones if you really need to hear something. Mm-hmm. But if you have a knot in your belly or you get a knot in your shoulder, that's not positive, meaning it's not that intuition's talking to you and telling you something enlightening. It means you're being reactive. And we that the intuition is active, meaning it's more about the now forward than the now back. The intuition uh-huh. only lives in this current moment. So you won't have a tension like that unless you're going into a place in your mind that's actually reverting back to something like a memory. That's all left brain. I know this is getting so scientific, no, but I want I your listeners it. to hate that. <laughs> I love it. that is very enlightening and makes perfect sense when you say intuition is <laughs> about an hour forward. Just, yeah. So, this is where it's good to be smart. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. This is where it's good to be. Yeah. Right. And you can, here's the other thing you can always say, Oh, I just triggered. Oh, but my left does hurt. Why? Maybe it is that you're not supposed to be with that person, but ask for more information. You want to get it from a very centered place in the center of your soul. If that makes sense for the center of your body or the center of your mind, not from a place where there's pain. That's not intuition. That's, that's just not, you're not triggering the right part. Intuition is very, we call it spiritual Botox. It's very calm. Hmm. It's very calm. I just, I really want your listeners to know that it is a best wise friend. Think of the person you love to be around a grandfather, grandparent, a parent, a best friend who calms you. So you can have different friends. Some can be more of the energizing friends, mm-hmm. and then, but the ones you admire and they just make you feel safe and you just love them and you love their It could be a celebrity even. I mean, it could be someone on TV or in the movies, a favorite actor, like a Morgan Freeman for me or something like that. Just his voice, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what intuition is. It's that more of that wholeness. It's, it's not going to break you down. It's just going to make you feel more at home like you're in a warm bath. Mm, that is a really good visual and to take that as a filter as you're thinking through things. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That was, that, that's really, really helpful. So coming back, one of the other big things you talk about in your book are your energy centers and how they connect to our intuition. So you're already sort of, you know, touching on this. Can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. So some of your beautiful listeners, and I know you as well, understand energy centers or what would be called chakras as spiritual wheels of light or just energy that's in us or around us. And this I've found is very important to understand your intuition is to understand if you're imbalanced in an area, because that really helps free up those parts of your mind or the patterning that you have that can really help open so you can hear intuition much better. So we go up just the main six to eight energy centers in the book, everyone's, most people are finding them very helpful because then you see where there's an imbalance that might be blocking you from hearing your intuition. So for a lot of people, as we were discussing, can get down into their root or they're in their red, their first energy center, and they're stuck there in old patterning or the past. And that really is at kind of the base of the skull or the back of the mind. And intuition, many believe, and I tend to believe this too, is more in the front of the mind, more in that wisdom section of your mind. So you've got to move through that energy center, feeling insecure, feeling ungrounded, 
You also need to feel grounded to open up your intuition without forming, getting too high up in your tree, if you will. So I just describe each energy center in the book and then how, how it pertains to intuition and that imbalance. And I also did not know this system at all when I first started doing reading. So it really came in organically. I really think there's something to it biologically. So even if you don't know what you think about chakras or energy centers, there is something about the colors we eat and how that helps balance that area. That area relates to things like the second energy center is orange and relates to relationships, relates to our relationship with other. That's where addiction is. So there's a lot that goes on in each energy center. Third is known as yellow. I know many know, and that's your stomach, really where the gut, really we want activated. And if the stomach is off or if we're not in that transformative space, we can't hear our gut. So it's just how to center, how to get in the balance. Don't want it too low in energy. Don't want it too overloaded either. And if our brain is overloaded, especially on the left side, we're going to be imbalanced there. I should say it this way. If we're overthinker, we're usually overbalanced. And then if we're too yin or too lack of energy, then we don't have enough color there. And then we're not going to hear ourselves clearly. We're going to let fear come in, in that term. So it just helps to center us and really open intuition when we understand this color system. It's really simple. It's so great because it's, you know, all this world can feel so, let's say, loosey-goosey, right? And so you yes. do a, such a good job of like, okay, let's break it down. There's s- Simplify it. There's things that you can do. There's exercises. It's just so practical, exactly. you know, yeah. and that it's accessible to all of us. Yes. And it works. Some people go, oh, breathing, Jill, or, oh, I have to eat, you know, orange foods. And then they do and they click into their intuition. It's kind of like it aligns the chi or your life force or your maturity or the present moment, whatever you want to call it. And then you're in the zone and you're, it's so wonderful. So it's much simpler, but it's about making those choices that really help set us free. I know everyone wants a pill, yeah, uh, but you won't want that pill because then it, it wouldn't be as whole. Mm. So if you can look at it that way, maybe you'll make some choices to yeah, move toward this. And one last question is, are there other spiritual tools that you use? For example, I don't astrology or energy healing, or, you know, are there other Mm -hmm. things that you use that you find helpful and others may as well? Oh, I do. I mean, I stay in my lane. I just know I, I don't know the rest of it very well at all. (laughs) I've been a yogi forever. I'm still just a yogi student. I'm not even a teacher as we were talking about earlier today. So, but big tools as I bring in others who know what they're talking about. They're good at what they do. I love an osteopath. I love an astrologer, really astrologer who you know has got it. Similar to what we're talking about. They know what they're talking about because there are a lot of people out there that are trying, but they're talking it without fully walking it, Mm. you know? So there's a lot of people that say they're gurus out there that I think a guru understands their guru when they know that it's about the guru within and the teacher without, if you will, kind of 50, 50. So I make sure that whoever's around me has really that respect that it's not them, but yet they've mastered their part or they make sure that they're responsible for understanding their information fully. So it's an osteopath for me, an astrologer, um, I love dreammoods.com, which mm. I'm not big on the internet, but mm-hmm. that is a good one to, that explains dreams really well. It's dream moods with two M's. There's a old book called The Secret Language of Birthdays that I think is brilliant. That really helps you understand people and understand that we're not just who we are because we chose it. It's like our birthday plays a role. Our parents do play a role. Our DNA plays a role, but uh, a role, you know, and I just learned to kind of have at least three to five that I trust around me. So that's one part. And then the other part that's big, as you know, is meditation. Mm -hmm. I'm really big on meditation. 
and quiet time. So you can think of it as quiet time. I'm big on silent meditation and understanding how to do that or just have quiet time in your bedroom for five minutes. It plays a huge role. So meditation lets you draw in people and ask for help. We're really big in our culture on not loving intimacy or not like asking for help. We love it. We don't know how to do it, I should say, or asking for help. That's the two or more model again. Yeah. So from all that, if you could just remember to let in a couple people that you trust, that you look up to. I always do. I always have at least three that I look up to. They're helping to keep me in line. And also I'm learning from them and I'm staying malleable and open. And then from there, so it's not necessarily a family member unless your family member is an astrologer or or a doctor or, you know, something where they're going to help you, you know, help yourself, if you will, or give you more patterning and more um, partnership information. Um, If they have your best interest in mind and it's not about them is really the bottom line. So that's what helps me. That meditation is just, I think, the winning combo. And then going home and loving your family. Go home and love your family. You don't need to go across the world all the time to India on a 10-day trek. Mm -hmm. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. Do it every once in a while. But your best work is going to be with inside you where you're at right now. It's the hardest work because we like distractions. I mean, I love to go to Canyon Ranch, but yeah. <laughs> that's not really where we're going to be intuitive. That's where we're going to sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it will help, but you know, it's more, you, know, you got to go home and love your family. That's where the best work happens. That's where you see your triggers. You see where you're not being intuitive. You see where you're patterning or where you're neglecting yourself or neglecting your loved ones. And Mm, so it's that, important. That is wonderful advice. Thank you, Jill, so much. It's just been just so full of so much wisdom and I feel incredibly grateful for you sharing it with us. So thank you. Hi, all. I'm so sorry that we were cut off on that interview there. We were nearing the end, but unfortunately, Jill and I lost connection and weren't able to reconnect. So, but... I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Um, I'd love to hear from each of you. Um, Hop on over to our Facebook page, which is Susanna Scully. It is no longer Cosmos and You. I am now at Susanna Scully. Twitter is also at Susanna Scully. And the website, of course, is SusannaScully.com. And if there's anyone that you think would enjoy this episode, please feel free to share it with them as well. And again, thank you for listening in and look forward to next time.